Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's Kyle and Robbie back with you on another episode of Friends From Work. Today we have another Power Rankings Marvelette where we will be discussing our favorite Marvel villains. Yes. Okay, so if you've been listening to Friends From Work, you know that we spend a lot of time talking about the quality of villains in the MCU. And something that I have said is that I think Marvel has consistently struggled to have villains that are as interesting as their heroes, which, side note, I think is the opposite of the problem that DC has. We won't get into that now. Oh, shots fired, DC, (laughs) shots fired. Uh, It's almost like people don't know that I'm biased until now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Anyways. So we wanted to put together an episode where we just talk about when Marvel has gotten it right on the villain front, or at least when they've gotten it the most right. So again, yes, Kyle and I have put together our top eight lists. And again, at the end of this episode, we will ask you to sound off and tell us what you think on social media. We'll have a little bracket again. It'll be super fun, all that jazz. But first, two important things to note, Robbie. Yep. One, these are our favorite oh, yes. villains, Thank most you. developed villains, not which villain we think would beat another villain in a fight. That okay? is This important. is not strongest villains. Yep. It's our favorite characters. That is important. Second thing I noticed when I was putting together this list is all these villains, what do they have in common? It's that they got a little bit of a backstory and they have mm. some other motivation besides just, I want to kill everybody. Right, right. Let me, as a viewer, at least like learn a little bit more about them besides just, hey, we're going to go kill everybody. Sure. So those are the two things I've noticed. Yeah, and I think it's interesting from, from my standpoint, that's largely true. There are a few moments that we'll get to where just the actor, by their sheer charisma, wins me over to a villain. Ooh, so true. And so that, that'll, that'll come up as well. But without further ado, let's uh, get going. You want to hey, start Why don't us? you start with number eight? No, no, you start us. Okay, okay. All right. So this might be the most controversial entry in my list because this is a film that a lot of people have written off as one of the weaker in the MCU. That's that's something I disagree with, but we'll get there. My number eight is Ultron. Oh, so is mine. No way. So is mine, yeah. I love that, okay. I think that that is hot take. It is is a hot take. But you know, I hear people talk about that and I I hear people rag on him. I really love James Spader's performance and I really like that... Ultron has, in some ways, 
Ultron has a more interesting motivation than Loki does, who is a lot of people's kind of all-time favorite MCU villain, where like you you actually see that Ultron is I think it's it's genius the way they do it because Ultron is taking what Tony has been trying to do to the extreme. Like Ultron right. is going to do the logical thing, like if you want to get rid of these problems, then you just get rid of humanity. And it's like it's, it, it is funny that I just started the whole thing by saying, "Oh, these characters have a little bit more development besides they just want to kill everybody." And then the first character I right. get to is someone who wants to like, just kill everybody. Right. But at but least I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. He has a little bit more motivation than that. And a big part of it for me again, I mean, if if that were the character, but it was poorly played, but I think that that James Spader's take on Ultron was really fun. It's another it it, it reminds me a little bit of what we talked about with Sam Rockwell in Iron Man 2, where you see him doing kind of like a dark evil play on the Tony Stark thing, the same way that Sam Rockwell was doing the sort of lame play on Tony Stark. And I like the little scenes where you you get, you know, um, I think, oh, it's Ulysses Claw saying that's something Mm. Tony Stark says. You know, it's this, the the way he's rooted in, in Banner and Stark's consciousness and the Mind Stone. I think it's just a really interesting story, so... Yep, ditto to all of that for my number eight. So my number seven, maybe this is controversial, is Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's an honorable mention for me. I'm curious to hear if we have the same rationale here. Well, again, I like that they develop him more than I just want to kill everybody. They set him up as this godlike figure who wants to expand, and that's his only purpose. And as a casualty to that, some people are going to have to die. I don't know. And he, again, same thing as Ultron, the charisma with which Kurt Russell plays this character adds to the experience for me. Oh, yeah. No, that was actually one of the characters I had in mind when I was saying that earlier. Because every time I watch Guardians 2, I think that the it's one of those times where the villain on its own maybe wouldn't stand up. But I really love Kurt Russell's take. Yeah, I like that he's kind of friendly to the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And he's really friendly to Peter and wants to kind of be Peter's dad, but not at the expense of his divine purpose right, of sorts. Right. So my number seven is Ego. What's your number seven? My number seven is Baron Zemo. Okay. From Captain America Civil War. Um, I think in some ways he's really unique here because there's no final confrontation where they they have to beat Baron Zemo or anything like that. He's just been behind the scenes and made villains out of each half of the Avengers team. And then just kind of watches it all play out. And I think that that's just a really interesting... I, I like that he it's recognized... It's such a unique one. Yeah, and, and I think I just respect that a lot. Well, it's not only unique, but I actually have him higher on the list, so I'm going to save my commentary until we get there, okay? Oh, wow, okay. So yeah, yeah so do six for you. Okay, so my number six is Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Okay, (laughs) I got both of these higher on the list. Oh boy, here we go. And part of what I love about Hela is less... The charisma thing again. It's the charisma. I mean, Kate Blanchett is awesome. But really one of the things I really like is just what she reveals in some ways about Asgard and about Odin and that I think Hela is pretty similar to what Odin is at points in his past and also kind of a version of what you can maybe see Loki being and it's like seeing that full-fledged I think just it adds a lot of layers to this mythology in general and that I think that's what I respect the most about it although Kate again Kate Blanchett is is also shoot great 
I didn't know what your list was going to be, but based off how we set this up, you're stealing all my thunder because <laughs> I got I got those characters higher. So just ditto that later, and we'll get back to that later. My number six is actually Mysterio from oh, Far From Home. Okay, so see, there, that's my number five. So now you're getting me back for stealing your thunder by <laughs> okay. stealing my thunder. Okay, good. Okay, well, again, I think he fits the narrative perfectly in Far From Home. And I love the idea of other people in the world just wanting an Avengers-level threat so that they can get the fame that the Avengers have. Well, and profit off of it. And profit off it, like, and be this jaded group of people that are pissed at Tony Stark. Right. But instead of just wanting to kill everybody, uh, spin that in a different way. Yeah. Um, I think we get some good character development with him, and I love the mystery of is he good, is he bad? And lastly, Jake Gyllenhaal just does it for me. I like Jake Gyllenhaal in almost everything I see him in. Mm-hmm. So he's a strong villain for me. Number six is Mysterio. Yeah, I thought it was just a really interesting motivation. I loved how we got to go back and see these characters' uh, roles in earlier movies, although that was kind of a fun inclusion. And and also, even beyond the motivation, it was just a very cool villain visually. Like We got some of my favorite scenes because of Mysterio as a villain. And they were scenes right. really unlike anything else we've gotten except for maybe Doctor Strange. Oh, the visuals of that scene when he's like making Spider-Man hallucinative sorts yeah. with the drones. I mean, that's just one of the best scenes ever. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I. I okay. So, yeah. oh, it's such a good scene. Okay. So you said your number five was also Mysterio, correct? Yes. So six for me, five for you. So then back to me, my number five, and I'm going to get crushed for this online. <laughs> Is Killmonger. Oh, wow. And I'm only going to get crushed because it's so low to people. I still really love it. That's still, for me, very high. Relax, everybody. I love it. But um, let me just say this. I'm really excited to rewatch Black Panther in our rewatch order, and there's potential for him to move up. Okay, that's fair. I'll save the the character analysis until you get there because I know you have him much higher. I do. I think you do, at least. Okay, exactly. So five for me is Killmonger. We can discuss that in a second. Um, four for me is Zemo and I don't need to go way into it because you had him as what? Seven, seven. Yep. Seven. But I just love the idea that civil war is this movie that is going to be dealing with all the Avengers and we're going to have the Avengers infinity war and Endgame movies coming up. And so how do we make a movie that fits in this middle ground without trying to convince the audience that it's bigger than those threats? Right? right? So you need a villain who, in a way, incites a small threat, if you will. And I just love how they add Zemo into this fold, where obviously he can't fight anybody. And yeah. he, like you said, he makes the line about that. But it's a really natural feeling progression of how he gets the Avengers to go from we're together to really being torn down the middle. And right. I love it. No, I love that. I think he plays it really well. And I love the last scene we get with Black Panther stopping the bullet and saying, uh, yeah. uh, the living are not done with you yet. Uh, I just love that he brings a lot of character development that we get through our Avengers that we love yep. because of what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. So Zemo's four for me. So what's your four? So my four is Loki, uh, specifically as he appears in the Avengers, because I, I feel like that's that's really the moment when he shines as a villain. I, I want to say that because I really don't like Loki as a villain in Thor very much. But in the Avengers, he's just... It's another one of those times where his motivation is about as stereotypically I want to rule the world 
as you can get, but Tom but Hiddleston... But it's from an overcompensation of not having that from his bloodline. Yes, exactly. And Tom Hiddleston, I think if you go back and watch the Avengers, his, his charisma there is second only to Robert Downey Jr.'s in that he's just so fun to watch. He holds a lot of those scenes together, and I think a lot of what people would think of as the most classic moments in that movie stem from his performance. Now, where I know that I am in the crazy minority is Killmonger at five, and I don't have Loki on my list. Wow. I, for some reason, I just never loved Loki. So sue me. I'm All sorry. Right. Hey. I, I, I don't even know how to say this. Like, I don't love him. I don't hate him, but I've never loved Loki the way people love him online. So I know that I'm, you know, crazy hot taking in the minority there, but so Loki's not on my list. So my three then yeah. is Hella. Okay. Who we talked okay. about earlier. All the same reasons. I just think Kate Blanchett plays it like a badass. She does. I don't know what it is. Like I just I'm like drawn to her. And it's weird because she's the goddess of death. I shouldn't be, <laughs> but I just love it. I don't know. I totally agree with what you said about Asgard and Odin, mm-hmm. that she kind of brings up some good points. Yes, she just wants to rule and kill everybody, but she does kind of bring up some points that you're like, yeah, she's not wrong. Like, Odin's not flawless. Right. Like, the idea is that Odin and Thor are the ones that have deviated from kind of what Asgard is, not her. Right. Oh, I love that twist. And I just... I love when she's like, I need an executioner to execute my plan, but right. also really just to execute people. Right. <laughs> you know, those kind of lines. I love that stuff. She kind of almost has like Thor's humor as Thor's sister. Oh, And yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's a dark humor, but you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. One other thing that I was going to say, and this applies to Mysterio as well, is I love when the MCU is able to adapt these like very outlandish villain costumes from the comics on screen. I think that that's Oh, they a, look so good. They look so great. And I think that's a huge difference between what we get now in Marvel movies versus what we were getting, like say 20 years ago in the original X-Men Spider-Man movies, where you're you're getting these weird modernized versions of all these costumes. Now I like that they're actually really faithful to the artist's original interpretation and it's just really it's like the fact that they can make Mysterio look oh. really cool with a fishbowl head and the fact that they can make Hella with these crazy antlers look really badass I think is just super impressive what a good point and I know that I'm strictly just repeating what you're saying here I get it audience I'm being repetitive but <laughs> I mean he I mean Mysterio has a fishbowl on his head yeah dude and yet he looks so cool. Yeah. Hella has antlers, but it's like the coolest looking crown ever for yeah. some reason to me. I love it. Oh, I'm into it. So my my number three was Hella, and we talked about that earlier. So I'm not going to go crazy in depth with it. But your number three is? My number three is the Vulture from Spider-Man okay. Homecoming. Here you go. Stealing my thunder again. That's my, <laughs> Vulture is my number two. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, we, we, can, we can do this hand in hand, Kyle. I uh, <laughs> okay. I just think that one. I love Michael Keaton talking about uh, great yes. talent within the MCU, but also this was such a turning point. I think for Marvel villains, where we got just a really grounded, like really understandable villain that you, in a lot of ways, can side with. I love whenever Marvel goes into a movie and they just embrace the smallness of it. 
Yes. Go ahead and embrace that Spider-Man is a neighborhood Spider-Man. He's young. This is a younger version than we've ever gotten. Yes. And embrace that the villain is not trying to take over the world. He's trying to provide for his family. Yeah. When they finally fully embrace all that, you get this really magical movie, I think. Well, and when and when they do that, and I think they did a really similar thing with Far From Home, which I appreciate them keeping that scale. They also wind up kind of filling in some of the cracks within the narrative as a whole. And I think that's especially true here. I mean, you get that scene at the very beginning in the aftermath of the Battle of New York. But I think it just right. adds this whole different layer of what's going on on the street level of the Marvel Universe. Like, how are all of these things really impacting people? It's sort of the other side of the coin of what you get in Civil War. And I think that that it, it was key, though, having Michael Keaton play it as such an everyman. Think about how much tension they create in the car ride scene oh, without yeah. ever fighting or oh, even yeah. really arguing. It's unbelievable. You feel like so nervous. Well, we haven't as, even talked about the twist. Yeah. Oh, when he shows up to her house? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, actually, the, I think, which is one of the more brilliant moments in the MCU period. Because there's that no, was one of the most shocking things. Oh, because yeah. Because she's, she's African American looking. And right. so you never expect it. It was genius. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It was genius. Our whole theater went. <gasps> Legit, when he opened the door the first time. Yep. So I really do love everything about him. So that's why, you know, he like you said, he's your number three, Vulture. Vulture's my number two. Mm. So I think he's the second best villain in the MCU. It's a strong case. What's your number two? Okay, Kyle. So here we go. Now again, now we're getting into it. Oh, baby. Yep. Now this is gonna this is gonna be a shot fired your way. My number Uh two villain is Thanos. Okay. Stop recording. <laughs> Just cut this out. Episode over. I can't have this discussion anymore. Episode over. And and I don't need to really get into that because one, it's obvious, and two, I'm sure that you are going to to explain more than adequately why Thanos is a good villain. But I will explain when I get to my number one villain why Thanos was a little bit below him. Well, then this is, like I said, it's just, you're wrong. And this is, you know, a worthless <laughs> thing to do, but well, okay. So spoiler alert, you know, I already said my number two was Vulture. So I guess that leaves my number one is Thanos and I, how you have him as number two makes me want to just shut <laughs> off this podcast and never do it with you again. But you know, I Googled this last night and Thanos is not universally everybody's number one. So All right. I'm kind of looking around like, what am I missing here? <laughs> but he's obviously unbelievable. I have one last disclaimer. You put him at number two. So <laughs> it's not like you put him as a bad villain. No. But so ag- agree with me on all this stuff. You get you get the background story. You get the, the concern and his love for Gamora. Right. You get this like divine journey he thinks he has to go on. Right. And that he has like this like this uh, curse that he almost has to well, He's the only villain we get out. that kind of has a hero's journey. Right. And then you get a ton of screen time from him. The way right. Josh Brolin plays it, right. his voice is unbelievable. Well, and, his actual just vocal. And the constant dread that's building towards Thanos from the end of the first Avengers film. Right. And then we've talked about this. We both get that alternate version of him in Endgame, which yep. we love. Yep. A more aggressive, really just violent version. Yep. It's perfect. I love it. He looks cool. Um, they do improve his look as it goes along. 
by the time we get to Endgame and Infinity War, it's way better. But I could just go on and on about how much I love Thanos, and you know that. The audience knows that, so I can pause there, but... <laughs> Tell me why somebody else is your number one, please. Oh, okay, so my number one is Killmonger, who was your number Wrong. Five. five. Wrong. Yep. Uh, Kyle, I just I think he's the best villain in the. It, 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 and it's because it is the only villain that I truly wondered walking out of the theater if I sided with him over the hero. Because I, I, I think that it is such a great story. It's such an emotional story. The movie opens with you seeing him as a kid, and it follows through this, this, on this narrative that I think is just unlike anything else that we've gotten. I think that he is the most complex villain. I think he's, he's also still a badass villain. Like whenever you see Michael B. Jordan with all of those like crazy marks on his body and like the scene when he throws T'Challa off, it's like there's a part of you that kind of wants to root for him in that moment. And I think that it's really... See, what's interesting is I felt that way about Thanos a little bit. Not the genocidal maniac part, but I've thought about like the overpopulation, the running out of uh, resources, all that stuff. And so I don't want to kill everybody, but I've (laughs) thought about that being a problem too. So I left the theater being like, man, he's not that far off. Yeah. So I felt the same way. But see, the difference for me is that Thanos is this kind of all-powerful being that can kind (laughs) of do whatever he wants to do. (laughs) Whereas with Killmonger, you have him having worked his way up from like the most disadvantaged position to now being able to take control of the most powerful country in the world. And I think that that, that, like, that journey to me is inherently more interesting than just having someone who is born as this, this crazy, powerful titan being that then just wants to accumulate more power and, and kind of uh, like... Wrong, but yeah, <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. I mean, okay. he, <laughs> just it's debatable. It's up for debate. I'm just saying I think, that, I think that the Killmonger story resonates slightly more with me I just think that it it has legs in a way that I'm not totally sure that Thanos... I think Thanos, between the two of them, leans a bit more on the side of he's the the ultimate supervillain that wants to have control over everything, more so than Killmonger. And so I'm always well, going it, to... It, well, it definitely does. I mean, yeah, that's not debatable, that part. And I agree with you. He is really great. I really like the development you get from T'Challa and him, like to have that last scene where he just wants to look over the sunset one time. Right. Um, well, and do you- I, yeah, there are a lot of things I like about it. Again, I have him as my number five, so back off. I agree with almost <laughs> everything you're saying. No, it's I just, just don't feel it maybe quite as much. I don't resonate quite as much as you do with him. I think part of but it- But I like- Part I like of it, it for me too is I don't know if we have another moment, arguably homecoming, but that's a, maybe a stretch. But here you really have the villain- alter positively the hero's perspective. Well, where I where I a little bit start to lose interest a little bit is at the end when he wants to start sending the weapons out to all the Wakandans across the world so that they can start fighting back. Well, sure. I mean, that's he is a, a villain. little Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I just No, I, that, I I I like it. But the fact that T'Challa actually changes Wakandan policy based on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So but it's, I mean, it's a tough race. But I do think, you know, one thing that I'll say that's interesting to me is as I was putting it together within this list, it was hard to rank them. But for me, at least, beyond this list, there weren't a lot of other contenders. Like, I don't have really any honorable mentions here. 
Well, you didn't say ego. Do you think that's crazy oh, for that, me to say no, that? No, 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 that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. I did say he was one of my honorable mentions earlier. But yeah, beyond that, there's not a there's not a ton of them. A lot of the other villains, there's some fun parts to them, but they're not major enough to be considered in this list, right. if that makes sense. It's interesting to look at what is considered a villain. Like some people noted Iron Man in Civil War. Okay, and I'm like, okay, I, I know, but go Google it. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there are some other things where you say, well, who's the real villain? Like is Laufey a frost giant? Is he the villain? Right, like, is Loki it, like the this villain? Talos count as a villain. Right, exactly. Like some people had Talos as a high up in their list. And I'm like, that doesn't count. He's right. neat. But I agree with what you're trying to say. You're trying to say that it's interesting that these eight, they've done a really good job with, but after that, the other films, ooh, it's not great. Right. When I think by and large on both of our lists, um, most of these characters have come in phase three. You're right. Oh, dude, I forgot to say my actual number one. It's not Thanos. It's Malekith. <laughs> <laughs> Malekith one, Thanos one B. Okay, okay, thank you, because I was really wondering like, oh, what shoot, you were even actually, talking about. It's, it's actually Malekith Whiplash one A one B, and then Thanos one C. Okay, so. okay, okay. I was I figured you just kind of lost your mind. I was going to talk to you about this afterwards, but I'm glad that you clarified. <laughs> it's summary for people to help us rank. Right, eight Ultron, seven Ego, six Mysterio, five Killmonger, four Zemo, three Hella. Two Vulture and one Thanos. I am inevitable. Go. That is my list of eight. It is inevitable. And my, what is your list? <laughs> okay. Okay. And my list is eight Ultron, seven Baron Zemo, six Hela, five Mysterio, four Loki in the Avengers, three the Vulture, two Thanos, and one Killmonger. Okay. So, like we do every time with these power ranking Marvelettes, Robbie and I are going to seed these. Yep. One through eight, and then online, you can help us vote and decide who is best. So look for that on any of our social media outlets, at the FFW Podcast. Yes, please let us know what you think, and thank you again for joining us on Friends from Work. See you next time. Mm-hmm.